You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. So, last week we did our Big Ten East preview. This week we're going to do our Big Ten West preview. We're going to do just six teams. We're going to skip Nebraska because we're going to be getting into a Nebraska season preview next week, which will be a lot of fun. So we're going to look at uh, Nebraska's other opponents there in the Big Ten West. And at the end of the show, we're going to rank just like we did the Big Ten East. So uh, we are going to go around the room, I guess. I think I start, right, guys? I got Illinois. You know, I got to say, guys, last week I got screwed with Indiana and Rutgers, and then I did get Michigan State. Now I got to lead off with Illinois. I don't know what you guys are doing with this rotation, but that's fine. That's fine. I tried to find some something interesting to say about uh, Illinois, and uh, it, there's something actually interesting about them, Illinois. So let me tell you. So in 2018, Illinois, they went 4-8, and 2-7 and seven in conference play. Uh, that was Lovey Smith's best year. Uh, they're in his fourth year. He's going to return seven on e- offense this year, including running back Reggie Corbin, who ran for 1,085 yards, nine TDs, at 8.5 yards a carry. That's pretty impressive. All four offensive linemen are coming back. Uh, so that running game is going to be the strength there. Uh, you know, last year, their offense was just absolutely terrible. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Their, uh, their rushing offense was pretty damn good in the Big Ten. They're ranked second in the Big Ten, 12th in the nation, uh, with 243 yards a game. And in total offense, they were the Big Ten, 63rd in the nation. What's interesting about Illinois, guys, is uh, Lovey Smith has brought in a lot of guys into help. He, br- he has a four-star quarterback, Isaiah Williams, who should be starting. Well, he's going to be competing for the starting quarterback position along with uh, a guy named Brandon Peters. You guys remember him, quarterback at Michigan? Well, yeah. He trans- yeah. So he transferred to Illinois this summer. So they're, uh, they're going to have a little bit of quarterback competition there. They also brought in two four-star wide receiver transfers from USC. Uh, there's also a five-star, a former five-star defensive end that they brought in. I think he was from USC. There's an Alabama offensive lineman and a Georgia tight end. Uh, I think most of those guys are eligible for the season. So that really reshapes what they're going to do there on the offensive side of the ball. Now on defense, they, uh, they returned 10 on defense, but this is where they sucked last year. They were terrible. They couldn't stop anybody. Uh, they were ranked at the bottom in most of the defensive court uh, categories in the Big Ten and the nation. So Lo- Lovey Smith, he fired his defensive coordinator, and he's going to be calling the plays on defense. He's taking it over. So that should be interesting. Uh, again, you know, there's uh, some interesting things going on at Illinois. They should be a little bit better. And Derek, you know, we've had this conversation. If, is Lo- Lovey Smith going to be fired? Well, he was. He, did you know he received a two-year contract extension at the end of last season? No, I did not know that. Yeah, that's so th- they have some faith in him. So that's going to be it's going to be well, interesting about Illinois. Well, remember he co- he coached at Chicago. He coached Chicago Bears for 
a few years, a while back. I mean, they love him in Chicago, and they do. And so yeah. it doesn't surprise me that they like him there in Champaign. Uh, I, I think a 4-8 and eight season for him, as long as he can come, come improve that defense and tighten things up a little bit, I think that's a good season for them. I don't... I don't I don't think he get. I don't think they're talking about firing him as long as he can show some improvement. Yeah. All right. Well, Derek, we're going to keep on with you with Iowa. All right, Iowa. Whew. Man, they were nine and four last year, five and four in the Big Ten. They returned six on offense and only four on defense. Now that's a little skewed because AJ Epinesa was not considered a starter who has uh, had ten and a half sacks last year. Uh, they do. Uh, Lose four of their top tacklers and five out of the, five out of their eight top tacklers. Uh, Anthony Nelson being one of those who had nine and a half sacks right behind AJ Epinesa, so they are going to have to replace that guy. Uh, you know, and on offense, you go into offense, and man, you're replacing two first round pick tight ends. That's going to be tough because those were the only guys catching the ball for Iowa last year. They do return Nate Stanley who. I mean, he's got, he's a good, uh, consistent quarterback. He his uh, interception to touch or touchdown interception ratio was uh, twenty six to ten. I mean, that's pretty damn good. He only completed fifty nine percent of his passes, which is average, I guess, at best. Uh, they do return uh, Iman Smith, Marset, and Brandon Smith as their next two highest receivers. Both of them only had 361 yards. But where they're going to probably be just fine is they return Makai Sargent and Torin Young, who are their top two returning or uh, rushers. They do replace two guys on offensive line, basically almost in the same boat as Nebraska, where they're replacing the center and their left guard. Uh, there's, a lot, there's some people that are expecting a lot out of this Iowa team, and I think they're replacing a lot on defense yet. So we'll see if they can continue to do good on defense, which they usually do. But I, I, I could see Iowa being a really good team to a middle-of-the-pack team. The West is just so difficult this year. So That they are. All right, Tyler, you got Minnesota. Well, before I get into that, I've got to play. Okay, that's Justin's boy right there. We're talking about P.J. Fleck. You know, he is entering his third year as head coach at Minnesota, um, and he has gone an astounding 12-13 and there. Um, Great record. Last year, they were 7-6, and uh, but they did end the year very impressive. Uh, They won three out of the last four games, including a 31-point victory against Purdue. If you guys remember that, Purdue had just come off a couple weeks earlier, a woodchip victory between destroying Ohio State. They won at Wisconsin, and they beat Georgia Tech in the bowl game. They're going to return nine starters on offense and seven on defense. And those two facts combined has led to a lot of preseason hype with this team. Um, You know, Justin, uh, you know, you gave us a great stat the other night, and uh, talking about how last year they generated the second most yards in the Big Ten on offense um, in conference play. Um, so they definitely, uh, 
definitely played some good offense uh, last year, you know, but this week or this weekend, presumed starter uh, Zach Anikstead got injured and there is no timetable for his return. Flex said today that they do expect him to be available by season end. So that's going to put everything on Tanner Morgan. Um, you know, he played some snaps last year. He was a, he started all the games they won at the end of the year, but he wasn't that good. I mean, he completed just 59% of his passes, nine TDs and six interceptions. So quarterback's going to be interesting for them. You go, you flip to the running back position. What someone's not, what I, what did I say wrong? Yeah. You completely misquoted what I had said, <laughs> but that's okay. I'll, I'll correct you later. <laughs> Andrew quarterback well, stats say- are all backwards, but. What? No, it's not. Yeah. Zach. Tanner Morgan, 50, 59% of his passes, nine interceptions, six touchdowns. Oh, okay. Nine touchdowns. Yeah, but Zach, Anik, Zach Anikstead only passed for 51% of his passes. I didn't say he was great. I'm not sitting here giving a resume on him. I'm just no, saying. No, I understand, but you made it sound like Zach Anikstead had it was like head and shoulders above Tanner Morgan. And look at his no, stats. Just he just Tanner wasn't Morgan very. Okay. Wasn't, my, my point was Tanner Morgan won some games late in the season. He wasn't that impressive in those victories. Okay, but at running back they are extremely deep. Uh, um, they have they're four deep at running back this year. They have two returners coming back from serious injuries last year. Rodney Smith uh, tore his ACL. Shannon Brooks was also injured. Both of them had really big sophomore seasons. So I'll be interested to see what they do in return. They also have Muhammad Ibram, I'm gonna, I butchered that, who started nine games for them and ran for 1,100 yards. Bryce Williams also started two games. So when you're four deep at running back, uh, you, you got some options there. They also are returning maybe the best blocking tight end in the Big Ten and Jake Paulson. Um, you know, on the sad side, is he only had two catches last year. Um, on defense, last year, about midway through the year, they had to replace their defensive coordinator. And they got much better after that. Overall for the season, they ranked 39th on defense. Uh, they returned five of their top seven leading tacklers at defensive linemen, including Carter Coughlin, who had nine and a half sacks last year. At linebacker, they've got some big shoes to replace as Blake Cashman, which is one of the better names in the Big Ten, uh, got drafted by the New York Jets last year. And they do return a two-year starter, Tom- Thomas Barber and Kamal Martin. Uh, who started 19 games too. Um, the thing with Minnesota, brass taxes, they have a schedule that's really easy. They avoid Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. They, their big not uh, intervisional competitor is going to be Penn State, and they get them at home. They also draw the Wisconsin and Nebraska at home this year. So their schedule is really favorable for them to have a big year, and they return a lot of talent. So it'll be curious what Justin's boy does rowing that boat gently down the stream. You're on mute, Justin. And just just to add to that, they are the only ones that are ranked lower in the Big Ten for strength of schedule than Nebraska. So, Tyler, you misquoted me on that Minnesota on the in the conference play. What I was saying there that during conference play, that Minnesota generated their second highest uh, offensive production against Nebraska. Okay. So. That's what I was saying. Not that okay, they were that I, great. I, I, yeah. I'm just gonna just for all of our listeners. I'm gonna I'm gonna read Justin's quote. I was. Did, did you know last year in conference play, Minnesota generated their the second highest offensive yards, eight shy of season high against Indiana. 
So I'm sorry, I miss you didn't say anything about Nebraska in there. Yeah, I, 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 I meant to. That's why I, I should drug text. <laughs> I regret quote. I'm trying to. Get, I'm glad I gave you credit instead of taking credit for that stat myself. No, I wouldn't have let you die on that one. I wouldn't have let you let your boat sink on that one. I guess I'd row you out of there, buddy, because I'm a buddy. Uh, all right. I guess that brings up to me. Jeez, Northwestern. I got Northwestern. Last year they went nine and five, eight and one in conference play. Yeah, everybody remembers that. They somehow won the West and they lost to OSU in the title game. Uh, what's interesting is they lost all three of their non con games last year against Duke, Akron, and Notre Dame. That Akron team, that evasive Akron team. Pat uh, Fitzgerald's heading into his 14th year, not getting any respect. We talked about this two or three weeks ago about how he never gets any respect and how uh, Northwestern, they don't get any respect. Well, this year they're only going to return six on offense. Uh, not a lot of star power returning. They do bring in their, uh, they have a running back, Isaiah Bowser, who ran for 866 yards and six TDs as a freshman. So he should be pretty good. The most interesting thing about Northwestern this year on offense is they're going to bring in uh, Hunter Johnson, the five-star transfer from Clemson. We talked about him a little bit last week. Uh, he spent a, he's already spent uh, a season in the system at Northwestern, so uh, he should be pretty darn good at quarterback. Uh, but overall, that offense was just—they just weren't good last year. They weren't scoring any points. Uh, they made their bread and butter on defense, and it looks like that's where they're going to be this year. They returned six on defense to include their top five tacklers from last season. And they're returning their sack leader, defensive end Joe Graziano. Uh, he's pretty He's pretty good. So, again, defense is going to be the strength of this team. Uh, they kind of play a goofy schedule this. Not a goofy schedule, but a tough schedule at Stanford and non-con. Uh, they draw Michigan State and Ohio State out of the east. And they go on the road at Wisconsin and Nebraska. Uh, I'm not saying that Pat Fitzgerald is going to win the West by no means. Uh, they're, they they got a they got an uproad battle ahead of them. Uh, Derek, back to you with Purdue. Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you what. Just before we go on, I, I think Northwestern's defense is way underrated, and that's what wins them a lot of games. And and that Isaiah Bowser you were talking about had those eight hundred and sixty six yards in eight games. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on to Purdue, good old, good old mighty Purdue. This is probably to me one of the more overranked teams in the Big Ten West. Uh, they they went six and seven last year. I mean, they had a good year for Purdue standards. Uh, they went five and four in the Big Ten. Uh, they went. They had three returning on offense. Three guys on offense. Two of those guys are offensive linemen and Rondell Moore. Now we all know what, how fantastic Rondell Moore is, and I don't want to take anything away from that guy. Uh, he, but he is their leading rusher coming back with only 200 yards rushing. So they lose all their all their running backs. Uh, he did lead them in receiving, but they're losing their second best receiver in Isaac Zico. I think is his, I don't know if I'm saying that quite right, but uh, they lost their quarterback in David Blau, and they bring in the old walking ace bandage himself, Elijah Sindelar, who seems to get hurt every year. 
So how, how, how productive is he going to be before he gets hurt? Or I mean, I hope the guy has a healthy season. I don't ever wish ill will on any of the players, but it just seems weird that he always seems hurt. Uh, and for everybody who thinks he's just going to come in and do what David Blau did, he did play in two games last year and had an interception ratio of 2-3. to three. So it wasn't like he was just tearing it up. Uh, they do return a lot on defense. They return that 9, nine on defense. Here's the problem. That, this is the same defense that gave up 63 points to Auburn last year in the last game. Uh, look, they're, they're basically kind of riding off of uh, beating Ohio State, which they beat the hell out of Ohio State, and that's fine. But they were 2-4 and four after that game. They kind of fell apart after that game. And I, I'm just not convinced with replacing three offensive guys that these guys are gonna, just going to come in and be better. Uh I don't know. I we'll see what happens, but I think Jeff Brom just got to sign his huge contract, and they're going to be disappointed in his first year after that that extension. So, yeah, he's getting paid more than Scott Frost. It's same, I thought, I thought it was the same as Scott Frost, but it's like it's like a couple hundred thousand more a year or something. That's pennies, pennies. I say. <laughs> That's the difference between one ply and two ply. All right, Tyler, Wisconsin. See if I can make it through this time without getting interrupted, uh, Justin and Derek. <clears throat> uh, quote us correctly so this time. I quote. I quoted you correctly, and I read the stat correctly. God, I get crushed over here. So <laughs> Paul Chris is entering his fifth season as Badgers head coach. Uh, the guy has got a record of forty-two and twelve. You know, if you guys go back to last year and remember, they they were kind of a team that some people saw as a dark horse to go to a national title, and they ended the year a disappointing eight and five. Um, they ended on two really bad losses, or they had two really bad losses last year, both on the road against Penn State and Michigan. Um, they lost both those games by double digits. They do return six starters on offense this year and six on defense. Um, this team also returns their whole coaching staff uh, from last year. And my question to you guys is, how many teams in the Big Ten return every coach on the roster? I say they're the only one. I, 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 if, if I'm wrong, someone correct me. I could not find another team that did that. So uh, some of the other assistant coaches are a little bit more hard to find. But return every coach from their coaching staff last year. But they did lose Alex Hornberg, who was a three-year starter, who is now not going to be the starter at Florida State, it sounds like. So great transfer there for him. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a contest between Graham Mertz and Jack Cohn. On August 5th, so yesterday, it was reported that Jack Cohn dominated the first team reps, which was kind of, of a surprise to a lot of people that followed this, where a lot of people have assumed Graham Mertz was going to be the starter. Phil still, in fact, even had him listed as the number one quarterback. But that position really doesn't matter. It's all Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, as a freshman, was a finalist for the Doak Award. Last year, he won the Doak Award. I mean, this guy is the premier running back in college football. In my opinion, one of the three best players in the Big Ten this year. Um, at re- receiver, they also returned their top four pass catchers, including former four-star Danny Davis. He had uh, he started nine games in his career, six last year. He would have played more, but he had a little mishap that caused him to be suspended for a couple games. Uh, you know, 
uh, he, he, even with that, he ended up leading the team in receptions. Uh, they also returned AJ Taylor. Uh, he had the team leading and receiving yards at 521. The big question with this offense is going to be that offensive line. Um, they return, uh, they only one starter, uh, on offensive line next year. And a lot of people are concerned with that. In my opinion, I, I don't think we've seen the day where Wisconsin is going to fall off on offensive line. Yeah, so I think they're going to be solid there, as they always are. On defense, they lose uh, their top two tacklers. But Jim Le- Leonard, I'm going to say, I don't know if I'm saying it, he's one of the best in the business at defensive coordinator. Our friend Adam McClintock had him as the 19th best defensive coordinator, according to his rankings. So, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of people that feel that they're going to be a major drop-off for Wisconsin this year. But, you know, they've won three out of the last five divisional titles. But, or again, Adam has a 41% chance that Wisconsin is going to be a 10-win team this year. So he is very high on them on his statistics. And, again, they have the coaches and the pedigree uh, to do this. And last year was Paul Chris' worst year at the, the helm at Wisconsin. So we'll see what they do this year. Okay. So we obviously did not talk about Nebraska in this little uh, breakdown here of Big Ten West. Again, we're going to do that next week. Uh, But with that said, we're still going to rank these Big Ten West teams. So, Tyler, you go first. Am I going to 7-1 or 1-7? We'll follow your lead. Okay. Well, I will start at the bottom, like Drake, and uh, work my way up. I'm on fire tonight. Uh, Northwestern, I have at the bottom of the Big Ten, finishing five and seven. I got Illinois above them at six and six. Uh, slightly above them, I have Minnesota at eight and four. Above them, I have Purdue seven and five. Um, conference record is what the tiebreaker is. Above them, I have Iowa also at seven and five. I have Wisconsin nine and three. And my Big Ten West champions, I have Nebraska ten and two. So wow, that's this is a complete shock after talking I, to you this entire offseason. I don't know. How I have you... kept this so close to the vest that I, I have intentionally thrown the cousins through. So some you've been sandbagging for the last six months, talking about seven or eight wins, and you throw out a 10, 10 spot. I I, I I've said okay. they could pretend. I've I've. Been very vague. Okay, Derek. Well, you gonna make him recap? We made him recap last. Yeah, week. go ahead. Re- recap one to seven. Go okay, for it. One, number one, I have Nebraska. Number two, Wisconsin. Three, Iowa. Four, Purdue. Five, Minnesota. Six, Illinois. Seven, Northwestern. Interesting, Derek. All right. Well, we obviously don't agree on much, and one of us doesn't know shit. So, uh, number seven, <laughs> I have Illinois. I. I'm sorry. I, I think they will be improved. I agree with you. They will be improved. I just I don't think it's that much. I have them at four and eight, going one and nine in the conference. The only season, the only team I really haven't beaten right now is Rutgers. Uh, number six, or yeah, number six, I have Purdue. Uh, fourth or fifth, I have Minnesota. Oh, I'm sorry. I had Purdue at four and eight and two and seven in the conference. Sorry, forgot to mention that. Uh, then I have Minnesota at eight and four and five and four in the conference. 
Number four, I have Iowa, also at eight and four and five and four in the conference, but I have them in the head-to-head. Number three, I have Wisconsin, who I have nine and three and six and three in the conference. Number two, I have I have Northwestern. I, I have I, I think this I think they have a better quarterback than they did last year. I think they have the same defense. I think they win a lot of games this year, and I have them going nine and three and seven and two in the Big Ten, and I have Nebraska going ten and two and seven and two in the Big Ten, and I have Nebraska winning the West. Good God! I tell you, I'm so glad that we did not try to agree, try to agree to consolidate all of our picks. We would never agree. <laughs> uh, I have I have Illinois at number seven, but I have them with a five seven record overall with uh, two and seven in conference. Number six Minnesota at six and six, three and six in conference. Number five Purdue seven and five, four and five in conference. Number four Northwestern seven and five, five and four in conference. Number three Wisconsin eight and four, five and four in conference. Nebraska nine and three, six and three in conference, and Iowa uh, as the Big West champs nine and three, seven and two in conference. Uh, we are all over the place uh, with our picks. Uh, you guys both have Nebraska winning it. Uh, I have them in a close number two, but uh, where Northwestern is, all the way from two to Tyler, you had them at last. Last place. Last place, and I had them at fourth. Uh, I think Wisconsin was up and down. My God. Uh, so I think Wisconsin was me. third in about everybody's, weren't they? I had them second. Oh, you had them second? Okay. okay, I had them third as well. But we all, I think we all had them at nine and three, though, right? No, I just them at eight I have them at eight and four. Oh, okay. I got them at but uh, I guess I need to recap mine. Uh, number one, Iowa. Two, Nebraska. Three, Wisconsin. Four, Northwestern. Five, Purdue. Six, Minnesota. And seven, Illinois. But Yeah, can, can I just real quick? I, I think there's really, you know, the Big Ten East, there was definitely some disagreement on. I just, just think that shows how competitive this division is. I mean, I, I don't know. You know. We had this debate. Is this the best Big Ten West has ever been? And there is argument about that from top to bottom. I mean, this division, I, I think, is one of the better from top to bottom in college football. But I'll be damned. This is one of the most competitive divisions I see in college football. I mean, even Derek and I guess you two are a lot lower on Illinois. I got them uh, edging out a bowl victory with a lot of upside. Um, I, I think you guys even think they're a better team than they've been. I think I think the Big Ten West is going to be a lot more competitive than we've seen it in recent years, a lot of parity. Absolutely. I mean, you can make you can make a case for four or five, maybe even six teams, why they can win the division. It, it's just insane. Uh, I, t- now, I tend to disagree with that. I think, that. I think you can make an argument for four teams for sure. I, th- I think beyond that, I, I think it's pretty hard to argue. I don't think you can argue Minnesota. I don't think you can argue <clears throat> Purdue. I don't think you can argue Illinois. I don't, I don't think you know, any one of those three teams. I don't think you can argue to win win the division. Myself. I mean, Tyler or Derek, you had Northwestern at two, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. I think we were all pretty low on Minnesota, right? Which is actually crazy because they are returning a lot of stuff. They're returning, especially they're returning probably the best wide receiver in the in the Big Ten. 
They're returning one of the one of the better running back crews. I mean, Tyler, you talked about it with uh, Ibrahim and Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks, and that's not even their only guy. They they got another guy in between there that rushed for I think another six hundred yards behind him, right. behind well, Ibrahim. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I did. You know, you guys kind of threw me off with my Minnesota because I was going to talk a lot about Tyler Johnson and you know, uh, outside of Rondell Moore, he is pro and. You could argue J.D. Spielman in there, but he might be the second-best receiver in the Big Ten. I Here's my problem with Minnesota. It, it's not that I don't think they're not going to be a decent team, because I do. I, I just I think that people got really enam- enamored about how they ended the season and didn't take their whole body of work into consideration. I, I think this year, you look at that schedule, I, and... I think you when you have to go on the road to Purdue, Iowa, Northwestern, I, I think those are all losable games for them. I just think interdivisional, they, they got kind of a short straw by going on the road so much. Well, I, well, I, I think the one thing that bothered me about Minnesota was I felt they were a little overhyped because of the how they finished the year. Because yeah. they beat Illinois, who was – Terrible, or uh, no, I'm sorry, not Illinois. They got hammered by Illinois, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they lost to Illinois, fifty-five to thirty-one. But they ended up beating Purdue, who was six and six. They beat a Wisconsin, who was seven and five, in one of their worst years. Had the worst defense they've had in I don't know how many years, as far as far as I could find back, as far especially in scoring defense. Uh, and they beat a five and seven Indiana team. That was the only teams they beat in the Big Ten. Was those three teams like they weren't great teams, and they beat a seven and five Georgia Tech team, but they owned them and they looked good doing it. And I understand why people kind of bought a little hype, but it's not like they beat anybody that was overly great either. Well, you can make the same exact uh, argument for Nebraska. You know, yeah, we'll get we went that four next and week. two. We went, but we went four and two in our final six games. They did too. I mean, we. We squeaked out a win against Michigan State. I mean, they beating Wisconsin, Georgia Tech, and uh, Purdue. Those were those are some big games. We couldn't beat Purdue or Wisconsin. Yeah, we played them earlier in the year before we started playing well. Well, still, I mean, I can see why there would be hype at Minnesota. And, and, Again, and I, when I'm we played Wisconsin, Wisconsin was healthy. They lost half their defense throughout that year. They. I, I just read deal tonight. They 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 played not what was it nine or ten defensive backs in the last five games. Yeah, like they were hurt. Again, so I uh, can we can we get in a I'm sorry. Can we get in a Northwestern? I mean, th- th- I don't know how Mister Host over there did not lead with this topic. The fact that I have him last in the Big Ten and Derek's got him runner up. Well, I did I, bring it up, but Bua, we I haven't got into that. it. I, I, I honestly, God, Derek, I don't know how. I mean, it's not that I think Northwestern is going to be a really bad team because I don't. But there is a four game stretch in there that I do not think Northwestern is going to win a game. When you look at Michigan State, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, and at home against Ohio State, I don't know how you think they're going to win one of those games. Um, well, I told, I, mean, you last, get, I told you last week I had them beating Ohio State. So. I think that's I think that's the one game that Ohio State goes on the road and just sucks balls like they normally do. I mean, it's on Friday night. Wisconsin, I'm not I'm not 100 convinced it's going to be that great this year. And I, as long as Patty Fisher and Blake Gallagher and the uh, the sack leader, if they can show up, like we talked about, I mean, 
you know, I was I was so impressed with that they had Patty Fisher coming back, thinking, "Oh man, that's a good guy to get back." He wasn't even their leading tackler last year. No, he wasn't. Oh yeah, Blake Gallagher, who had a really big year for them. So I mean, but, I mean, their I, defense returns a lot of star power, a lot more than what Wisconsin's returning on defense or offense. The only thing, the only thing that everybody's high on Wisconsin is. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has been known to fumble a lot, and I know this because I have a Wisconsin fan who's a friend of mine, and he, he complained about that all last year about how much Jonathan Taylor fumbled the ball. Uh, and now you're replacing four out of five offensive linemen. And guys, I know it's I know they I know they always have good offensive linemen there, but when you're replacing four out of five, that's a tough task. I agree. Yeah, I, I, and, and I will agree with that again. I mean, but. And I and I had no way we're going on Wisconsin we're going on Northwestern but I had no way think Wisconsin's the equivalent of what the Nebraska was in the eighties or nineties but if if in eighty seven eighty eight Nebraska lost four offensive linemen would you have been like they're going to be bad next year no when, when you're that good at a position group for over a decade okay you, okay. you just you kind of earn the benefit of the doubt. So, so let me ask you: When you're replacing that much, how do you expect the seven and five team to improve when you're losing that much? They weren't good last year. Because, because I don't think last year Injuries, the problem man. with Wisconsin was uh, offensive line. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying, well, you know what? Last year they were bad at offensive line, and they lost four of those guys. I mean. They were good there last year. They okay. The and they lost was four of them. The problem is they still lose all their defense, which wasn't that great in the first place. That's the problem. Is their defense? Their defense wasn't good last year. I mean, you lose a guy like Dakota Dixon, and you lose who is an who's a third team All Big Ten get player. You lose a guy like T.J. Edwards, who was huge. Uh, who else did they lose? They lost all. They lost three of their four linebackers. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, Ryan Connolly. Who led the team in sacks and Ryan Connolly, who was the second best tackler? Uh, they just they lose so much on defense. I in a new quarterback, an all new offensive line. The, the only thing you have coming back is Jonathan Taylor. Like that's it. You got some receivers I, coming back, but when's the last yeah, time you went? You when was the last time you sat here and went? Oh, Wisconsin man, they got some good receivers. You no, no, but but, uh, but I think you look at. I think, first of all, the loss of Hornibrook may be an uh, addition by subtraction. I, I Jeff, think Jeff Cohn was, didn't look he, that great was, last year. And if he ends up winning he, the starting job, I'm not convinced he's going to do that much better than Hornibrook. Fair, fair enough. But, but, but I think you got to look at lot, the little bit of context with last year's season for Wisconsin. I think you look at the fact that they lost three of those games on the road at Northwestern, at Michigan, at Penn State. They had a field goal loss against BYU, which was a, definitely a stunner early in the year. I again, I just think when you have been, I mean, like look at what Wisconsin has done under Paul Chris: eleven wins, ten wins, eleven wins, thirteen wins. I, I, I'm not ready to write them off. And again, obviously, I had them finishing second. I don't have them being a double digit victory this year. But again, our, our one of our favorite people we've had our guests on a podcast, Adam McClintock. 41% chance he has them winning 10 games. He has them winning the Big Ten West, I think, by two games. I mean, the numbers don't lie. The, the, uh, the, uh, um, so one of our fellow Husker podcasts, the Go Big Red cast, had a guest on a couple weeks ago, 
and talked about some of the best teams in college football in managing and developing talent. Wisconsin's up there. So you guys can say what you will, that they're going to go fade into the sunset. I'm not ready to write them off yet. I, I just I think they're going to be a really good team this year. Um, and, and again, I think they're definitely our biggest competition out of the West. Look, look, I'm not writing them off. I have them going nine and three as well. Like it's not like I'm just writing them off. I just think this is a little more of a rebuild year for me, and I think their their schedule is brutal. So yeah. we've been arguing five minutes over us having the same record with Wisconsin. Wow, that's fascinating. You know, I mean, shit, and nine and three being a rebuild year, I'd take it. Yeah, I mean, after, I'm not I'm not having Wisconsin after, just drop off the charts. I just I don't. I think winning the division is a tough task right now with with as many good teams as there is in the West. I want to talk about re- rebuilding with Illinois. I want to go back to Illinois and all the additions that they've that Lovey Smith has been bringing in, all those transfers that have come in. What do you guys see out of this Iowa team? I mean, Tyler, you have them going six and six, bull eligible. But w- what about the floor? I mean, what's the floor and ceiling on that range? When you were looking at the Illinois team, I mean, did you how how much did you struggle? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, they, I mean, they haven't been good. I mean, you know, Levy Smith had his best year at Illinois last year at four and eight. Um, what I will tell you is I had them six and six. And I think if if I had to say over under, if I was Vegas and I was setting the line and I had to go bet on it, I'd bet the over. I, I, I do. I think they, they could be as high as an eight win team. I mean, when you return really? 17 starters overall, you have one of the top quarterbacks coming in. Um, I, all those transfers you talked about, just a great breakdown there. I, I think there's all upside. Plus, they have arguably one of the worst non-conference schedules in the Big Ten. I mean, Akron, Connecticut, Eastern Michigan. I, I just, I, I, I think there's a lot of upside there. Yeah. Uh-oh, Derek, Derek threw his arms up in the air. Who in the hell? What eight teams do you think they can beat? Really? Eight wins? Holy cow. Like, I think they're better, but geez. I, I had them, like, at best five and seven. Like, maybe they pull out a win against Purdue. Uh, I do have them winning all three of their non-conference games. But let's not forget that Akron game's not a gimme. Hell, they just beat Northwestern last year. Who won the Big Ten West? Like, that's not a gimme game for an Illinois team. I just think as uh, their offense was pretty good last year. It was their defense that was the issue. With these guys bring coming back, uh, or all these transfers that they're bringing in to help out on offense, that's going to allow them to score so many more points, and their defense won't have to do as much. I think their defense is going to get a little bit better with Lovey Smith being there. So I think they're going to be stopping a lot of people. There's not going to be – I mean – can they get to eight? Ah, that's probably a huge stretch. Well, but, I, you know, I, I think Lovey, I think Lovey Smith would take a bull uh, year, and I have them at five and seven. I want to give them that sixth win, and I think they can probably get that because by you know by mid season, my all my picks are going to be shot anyway. I guarantee it. But well, I'm sure all of ours will. But okay, here's my thing about Lovey Smith, and I Lovey Smith is a defensive guy. I mean, he's a defensive minded coach which is even more mind-boggling as, as to how terrible their defense has been. But here's my problem. Like, he's in his fourth year. Like, it's not like he's a new coach. He's had time to turn his defense around. It's not turned around at all. 
I don't. That's see why where- he fired their defensive coordinator. That's why they fired him. I mean, he's like, okay, let me do this. I know how to do it right. I uh, will get it right. He hasn't proved to me that he can do it yet. So until I see it. This could be the year. This they they could be the surprise team. I, I could see them maybe getting to that five and seven if they get to bowl eligible. Like I was sitting there looking at their schedule, and I like I said, I haven't won their non conference games. I'm not sure who I could see them beating for the sixth game. Like at Minnesota, well, maybe, but I mean that's, that's on the road at Purdue, maybe, but that's on the road. I don't, hey, I don't I, see I, them beating I, Michigan State. I don't see them beating Iowa. I don't see them beating Northwestern. I gave Illinois the win at. Minnesota. They have a bye week that week, and with an extra week to prepare before going on the road, I gave them that win. Well, I'll tell you, the, the, the one difference I had, and we somehow glossed over them, I have them winning the season finale against Northwestern. Um, and, you know, I, I think you look at going into that game on the road, uh, both those teams, in my opinion, are going to be competing for a bull. I, I just I'm not high on Northwestern. I I respect the hell out of Pat Fitzgerald. I just I just don't see a lot of talent on this team. I think Clayton Thorsten, uh Thornton was one of the most underrated players in the Big Ten. Uh, I, I I have was very high on him. The oh defense God. was great. If if Clayton Thorsten was playing at Indiana, he'd lose his damn job. His touchdown interception rate was seventeen to fifteen. Good God, he wasn't that great, guys. He wasn't some <laughs> great quarterback that, oh, my God, it's going to be impossible to replace him. And you got a five-star guy doing it. And it's not like the five-star guy is like a Justin Fields who's only been there for half a year. He's been there for a year and a half. And he spent a year under Clemson, where some of the great, some of the great quarterbacks here as of late are coming out of. Like, you don't think a year under Dabo Sweeney did him some good? Well, I'm sure it did, but he left. I, I get. I there we're gonna disagree on that one. I you can tell me you can quote stats on this one, Stat Boy. But I'll tell you when I watched him play, he was better than his stats. He he passed the eyeball test to me. He's what they call a game manager. No, 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 no. I I don't buy that at all. I mean, you can Alex Hornibrook was a game manager, like. He he would make plays. Yes, did he get gunslinger a couple times and throw some interceptions? One hundred percent. I I mean, it, it was he. I just when I watched him play, I, I challenge any Husker fan to watch that Nebraska Northwestern game again and tell me you don't think he's a good quarterback. Okay, well we made at that point of the season we made every quarterback look good. Hell, maybe even the whole season. Hell, we made AJ Bush look like he was a running master. Well, AJ Bush had a damn. Year, but I, I just, I, I am, I guys, I, I think this is a year. Northwestern has this every couple of years where they lay a dud. I mean, they, they just, that's what happened. Two, three years ago, 2016, they went seven to six. 2014, they went uh, five and seven. They just, they, they don't have the talent across the board to compete on a yearly basis. This is so funny because you just hammered me for this like two, three weeks ago, talking about how. Pat Fitzgerald has these bad seasons because I'm not a big fan of Pat Fitzgerald. And I don't think he's the great coach that everyone says he is. And you hammer me on this like, well, he hasn't had a bad year for like two years. So he's doing just fine. And now all of a sudden you're going back five years going, well, he had a five and seven season five years ago. And, and when I said that, you were like, yeah, but that was five years ago. And like, come on. 
Be consistent well, I here. I, I, was I, don't drunk, think, I, I still don't I think that Pat Fitzgerald is the greatest, greatest coach. I just think he has more returning than you're giving him credit for. Like he's got his, he's, he's got his best running back coming back. The only thing he loses out of, out of his receiver is uh, Flynn Nagel, which that'll be tough to replace. But you're replacing a quarterback with what should be a better quarterback. You're and most of your defense is coming back, and your defense is what was winning the games to begin with. Well, I mean, if you want to go down the Big Ten West and talk about teams that have good running backs come back, six out of the seven Big Ten West teams have their leading rusher coming back. And of those six out of those seven teams, you know who's last on that list? Northwestern. So and he played eight, eight games. Fine. He played eight games, but let's not pretend. Really? If you had a stat, if you had to rank the Big Ten running backs, Big Ten West running backs, where does he rank? I would have to do some research on that, but I mean, the guy had 866 yards in eight games. He had over 166 as a freshman. freshman, Had 166 yards against Iowa, who has a great run defense. Yeah, you're you're completely discrediting this kid as a as a true freshman. He actually played in ten games, but two of them were one of them was against uh, Michigan, where he had one carry. And then there was another team where he had one carry. And I, I think it was Akron, maybe. Uh, but other than that, he played in eight games and had 866 yards. Was averaging over 100 yards a game. And you're just counting this kid out like, oh, he don't count. It don't matter. He had three games over He had he three games count. over 150 saying, yards. Three games over 150 yards. Hey, I want to move on a little bit here. Uh, so where did you guys have Iowa in your standings, third. You had third. Where did you? You had third also. No, I had them tied for fourth or fourth. Okay, place. so I'm the only one that had Iowa uh, as winning first. West. Yeah, yeah. winning the West. So wh- where did I go wrong in picking Iowa? Wh- what don't you guys like? What do you guys not like about Iowa? Tyler, we'll go with you because you hate everything about Iowa. Oh, uh, I mean. That that kind of starts it off. Um, yeah, I mean, I I do think I was going to be. I if we're going to get in this topic and I'm spoiling this early, um, I apologize, but I I have Iowa as the most my most likely to be underrated in my book. I I do think there are three teams in the Big Ten. I think have ten win prob uh, chances. Nebraska, obviously, I picked up ten and two. Wisconsin, I had them nine and three. And then Iowa, I had them seven and five. I think they can get to ten wins. There were a lot of coin flip games when I was looking at Iowa. So, Justin, you're not completely crazy in that. But at the end of the day, I it simply comes down to I think Stanley is one of the most overrated players in the country. I I, I don't I'm not a big fan of his. I think he's overrated what he's coming back with. Um you you could point to his efficiency last year at twenty six and ten. I, I simply just don't see it. His performance on the field, and he had a lot of safety blankets last year with Noah Fant and uh, TJ. And I think they're they're going to struggle to replace those two. And he is not going to produce the results that Iowa wants. Then you look on defense with only four returning starters. I just I don't I just don't see them. Again, I say this saying that there's going to be a lot of really coin flip games, but I think they're going to come up the wrong side of those because Nick Stanley isn't going to make the plays down the stretch that he needs to. Derek? Well, I will tell you that I completely disagree with you on Nate Stanley. 
I, he's a he's a way better quarterback than you're giving him credit for. I mean, twenty eight and ten. That's like NFL standard level. That's that's good. He's consistent. His completion percentage could be a little higher, but the, the biggest problem for me is you're losing your top three wide or three receivers. Two of them are tight at the tight ends that you talked about, yep. T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant. Uh, and, and you could talk about. Oh well, that's okay because they re- they do the same thing with with tight ends that Wisconsin does with offensive line, right? Like they always have good tight ends. That's fine, but you just don't replace two first round draft picks. Like it does, it's not the case. Like it just doesn't happen like that. Uh, and Tyler, you mentioned losing your top what four or five, losing your top five tacklers, top five. And I get you got AJ Epinesa coming back, and he's going to be a beast. And I, that guy scares me. I don't. He's the one guy on that defense that just, holy cow, he's going to be good. That's fine. But can one man do it? Can, can he be an Indomitian Sioux where he can just control that whole defense? I don't know if he's quite that good. Uh, I, I just, I'm sorry, but just you guys, I, do you guys remember any of the Iowa games last year? Like, I remember that Penn State game, and they had so many chances to win that game. So many chances to win that game. And Stanley just didn't make plays. I, I mean, you look at their close games last year, and, and this obviously is a sore subject. They won one close game last year, and that was against Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, they, every time they were in a competitive battle, they didn't make the plays. I, I just, I don't know. May, maybe I'm wrong on him. Maybe Stanley's going to be better than I think. I just, again, when I have all these coin flip games and I have that history of him blowing those, I just, I don't see it. What I remember about Iowa last year is uh, I won a lot of bets betting Iowa last year. They were very good against the spread last year. They were solid. They were 9-3-1 and one against the spread last year. That goes a long way in my heart. Making, making a little bit of making a couple winning of against the spread don't mean you're winning games, though. You know what? Yeah. No, I mean, and, and let's, and let's not forget they got uh, a little Ferenc Jr. out there calling plays, and I really am not convinced he's a great play caller. Uh, Dad's not going to fire him. Exactly. But hey, you know what? I hope I'm wrong about it, and Nebraska slides it in there. But right now, I mean, I have Iowa and Nebraska each at nine and three. You know, it comes down to one game. If it comes down to one game, you know, uh, we'll see it. I just want to throw this out there to all of our fans and all of our listeners. If you want hate mail this week, his name is at CuzCastJustin. So Wait, for, why? All, for all of our Husker fans that are pissed off for him picking Iowa, of all teams, to win the division, there you Surely. go. At CuzCastJustin. Okay, before we get out of the West, can we just quickly hit on Purdue? I think I, I'm, I'm a, I have them uh, going 7-5. and um, What do you guys have them at? I had them seven and five, also uh, fifth in the Big Ten West. So, Derek, you had them missing a bowl. Yep. I I'm a little shocked that you're that low on Purdue. I mean, again, I don't. I mean, I had them fifth. Justin doesn't have them high, but to have them missing a bowl is a little shocking to me. I think they're going to be a better team than that. Well, I mean, look, they they have a fairly tough non-conference schedule for their standards. They play Vanderbilt, who I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I do give them the win against Vanderbilt. They play TCU, who Gary Patterson will turn that team around. I don't think they're probably going to be able to beat them. Uh, but that's probably one of the tougher non-conference schedules, really, in the in the 
uh, Big Ten. Plus, they go to Nevada, which they should win that game. But to go on the road for your first week, it, it, it could be tough. That could be a tough game for them. That's a good non-con schedule. Yeah, it, is. it is. It really is. And I, I could see them struggling in that. Uh, in the Big Ten, uh, look, here's my problem. Rondell Moore is one of the best players in the Big Ten. I will not deny that. I just don't know even if he can carry a whole offense by himself. I'm not convinced Elijah Sindelar is going to be a good quarterback. He's been pulled before because he wasn't good enough and got replaced by David Blau. Then when the, when you thought he was in the quarterback battle, he gets hurt. The guy, the guy's just, I mean, he's just never panned out so far, and now he's the guy you're relying on. And so I'm not convinced he's going to be great. They, I mean, they just lose so much. And three, three returning starters on offense, Tyler. Like, they have Rondell Moore coming back and two offensive linemen. That's it. I'm not convinced that offense is going to be better replacing that many guys. And their, defense, and their defense is already right. atrocious. Their defense, as a matter of fact, I was just looking at this uh, a little bit a little bit ago. Their defense went from now. Remember, this is their third season, right? This coaching staff they got the same defensive coordinator, and they went from averaging giving up twenty point five points a game to giving up thirty points a game. Like their defense got considerably worse from year one to year two. And I don't know that I could see it improving that much in year three. Like, so if their defense ain't very good and their offense is going to struggle with that many returning or with that many replacing that many starters, I just didn't see him win a lot of games. I it just it kind of seems like a rebuild year for Jeff Brom. Yeah, they're 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 one or two years away from making a real move in the Big Ten West. I think. I I still think they get a bowl game, and I think the bowl game means a lot, especially to Purdue. I, I will tell you, I, I you know, we, we go into Nebraska preview, not to get too into this, but I, that that's a game that's definitely circled on the schedule as a game that's losable. Um, I, it, it is a, uh, I, I, I think Rondo Moore is a playmaker. At, I mean, again, besides Jonathan Taylor, he might be the next best offensive player in the Big Ten, um, if not the best. And I, I just think. They're not going to be good. They're not going to be great, but they're they're going to be for Purdue standards. I mean, Justin said it well. They're going to be a bold team. I think that they are a bold team this year. Hey, look, guys, I I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled out two more wins than what I predicted. It wouldn't surprise me any. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska turned around and had an eight and four season rather than a ten and two season. This is this is one of the toughest years I've ever had to do the Big Ten West. There is a lot of parity yeah. in this conference, and so it wouldn't surprise me if to, that I'm wrong. On, it wouldn't surprise me if I'm wrong in every one of these teams. Maybe Wisconsin turns around with their tough schedule and goes twelve and zero. I don't know, but I don't see it replacing that many players with having a bad year to begin with. Yeah, it's it is crazy the way that we were all over the board with uh, these picks. That makes it exciting because, you know, we we kind of like to talk shit to each other. So I'm sure we're going to be doing a lot of that halfway through the year. Especially with Northwestern. Justin got it right having him fourth. He, he won't be the guy that has him going second. And he isn't the guy that has him going last. So, yeah, yeah I mean, he's going to be able to talk shit either way it goes, it, no matter who's right I, on I would that be one. curious to know where we all had him going last year, though. 
Because I'm willing to bet we all had him going lower than Nebraska last year. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any of us had Northwestern winning the Big Ten West. Oh, absolutely not. I guarantee. We all had Wisconsin. We all had Wisconsin. We all. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We all did. Yeah, it was unanimous. Last year was easy to pick the Big Ten West, except picking Nebraska. (laughs) And the team team that we picked, what they finished third or fourth in the division. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're always wrong. So as long as people listen and find it funny, whatever. You make fun of us. All right, guys, anything else to add? All right, well, let's get into last call, and let's get out of here. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes out to our outside linebackers, in particular JoJo Doman. Uh, For people that haven't been paying attention to the offseason, JoJo Doman's not on campus right now. He's expected to arrive tomorrow. He is not part of the initial 110-man roster. Um, and it's really curious. It sounds like he might be battling some things. Um, you know, we all had him penciled as a starter. You know, reports from DeWitt today talked about how Alex Davis is as improved of a player as he's ever seen. We know what Ferguson did, and Caleb Tanner um, obviously is a freak athlete. So I guess my question to you, that position group's definitely looking like one of the better ones. Do you guys still think JoJo Doman is a starter? And... Do you think with all the injury he has, do you think the coaches maybe need to look at it a little bit differently and limit snaps like almost like a pitcher to make sure he can play all the game? So what do you guys think on JoJo this year? Well, Sorry. with Jovan DeWitt, DeWitt's comments saying he's not, he has not been cleared to practice yet, and then he was asked if it was an injury, he came back with the comment, he has not been cleared to practice yet. I'm not sure how to take that. We all kind of want to assume it's a injury because he has been injury prone. So I don't, I don't know what to take out of that. But, the, but my my thing on that was the Alex Davis comments talking about him being the most improved player he's ever seen. He coached uh, Shaquem Griffin, guys. Like that guy was a stud. Now I'm not going to sit here and try and like claim that Alex Davis is going to be better than him, but I put two and two together i guess yeah uh so as far as jojo doman before that was released i had no idea that he was even hurt if he is hurt you know derek you're trying to pump into that conspiracy theory uh that maybe it's not an injury what did he do did he do something wrong or is this just scott frost policy and not talking about you know uh injuries you know well, it, rule about if if it is an injury, we know it's not a season-ending injury because Scott Frost won't talk about those, right? So you you hope if it is an injury, he at least comes back by season start. Yeah. So hopefully we see him soon. But yeah, I I had uh, high hopes and dreams for a JoJo Doman season. So we'll see if that comes. Uh, all right, last call to you, t- uh, Derek. All right. Well, I'm gonna stick with baseball because I'm just a baseball guy, I guess. Uh, I'm sure everybody's seen it on Twitter or ESPN or whatever. It's been all over the place. But Baker Mayfield was at the Indians game the other day, and he finished his beer, and he kind of set it off to the side, and somebody threw him another beer, and he shotgunned this beer and drank it faster than I've ever drank a beer in my life, I'm pretty sure. And I got to tell you guys, I'm starting to like him. I know he's the Oklahoma guy, and we're supposed to hate him, but 
kind of starting to like this guy. Like he's he's entertaining. He's fun to watch. So I I, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. So I I don't like him. I don't like anything about the guy. I really don't. I think his antics for some reason his antics just rub me the wrong way. Yeah, and, and you just hate beer drinkers. Yeah, I I hate alcoholics, guys. <laughs> you, you know what's weird about this though? I, I don't like any of his antics, but you know who I was a fan of? I was a fan of Johnny Manziel. Exactly. Isn't that ironic? I was so a huge ironic. fan of Johnny Manziel, but I hate Baker Mayfield's antics. So I I will say this, and, and Derek, I first of all, I love the clip. I think it was fun. Kudos to that. I, I think I could out drink him, but that's a whole different conversation. But I will say there was a clip that went around today. You guys may not have seen it yet. Today they were doing autograph signings of the players and the Browns and the coaches and the uh, the front office said, hey, it's done. And a bunch of servicemen and women uh, were still in line and they didn't get autographs. And Baker basically told them to F off, walk back there and signed autographs for all the servicemen and women. I, I, I again, I you could argue his antics are a little bit bad boyish or whatever you want to call it. But I, I do think the kids got good morals and I'm with Derek. He's turning me every time I see him. I, he's kind of turning me a little bit. Uh, you guys are going to make me throw up. So uh, I'm going to go to last call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to Nebraska ball. Isaiah Roby news today. He signed a four year deal worth of $6.7 million to for uh, Dallas. Dallas Mavericks. Now, I live in Waco, just down the road from Dallas. And I told Brooke, I was like, hey, you know what? We we got to go some, to uh, some Mavericks games this year. And so hopefully uh, he's a contributor there. And uh, I want to see him play. I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun. Even though the Mavericks suck. They're terrible. <laughs> but anyway, Tyler, what do you think? First of all, I don't think the Mavericks are going to suck. I'm a bold prediction. I have the Mavericks making the playoffs next year. But what? that's neither, neither here. They had rookie. They had the rookie of the year. They just got Porzingis. Um, but another trivia fact on that: Isaiah Roby's contract for a second round draft pick is the highest cap hit a team has ever taken on a second round draft pick. I don't really know entirely what that means, but if if the Mavericks were willing to pay him like that and treat him like that, I mean, they must have high hopes for the kid. Are you thinking he's going to be a solid contributor? I mean, why why give him that kind of money if he's barely going to play? I mean, you got to assume that they see him playing in rotation. I I would go buy Matthew and Isaiah Roby jersey right now. I might do that. Derek, uh, hopefully he's more consistent than he was in Nebraska. I'd like to see somebody win something. <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. Wow. <laughs> That's what you choose to back up, oh, Derek. Come on, man. Yeah. Be a better person. Be a he should have won person. more games for us. Him between him and all the guys that were on a team last year. Jeez, you guys had, were set up to win a lot Tim, of damn games. If he had, Tim Miles would still be here. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You just should have won. You yeah. shouldn't have been such a disappointing team last year. <laughs> don't disappoint us. We don't like being disappointed during Husker athletic season. Doesn't matter the season. Don't disappoint. We got to talk about it. <laughs> All right. Hey, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Our episodes can be found everywhere to include Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. We appreciate any and all feedback, and don't forget us to write a five. Don't forget to write us a five star review on whatever platform you listen on. 
on behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red. Bam! Get a piss. <laughs>